0: Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Craig. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? Adam, why don't you tell
1: us what just happened at the RSM Classic? Yeah, so we had another playoff this year. Robert Streb and Kevin Kisner, both former winners of this event, went to a playoff after being tied 19-under through 72 holes. They parted the first playoff hole. We get to the second playoff hole. We're still on 18 And Streb almost holes out for Eagle. Ended up tapping in for birdie. Uh, Kisner made par, so Streb kind of took home the win. Craig, we mentioned on our Saturday YouTube show not to discount Robert Streb with that huge lead going into Sunday. He was down a stroke uh, to Kisner with two holes to play. Did you think he had a chance with 17-18 coming up to get back in it? Well, I did think he had a
2: chance. And at that point, I was cheering against him having a chance. because Really? Um, I, well, I, I rostered both Kisner and Streb in, in showdowns on Sunday. Right. Uh, but my top, my top ticket ended up having Kisner and not Streb. So uh, I could have pushed. Uh, I was in the teens at the time, and I could have pushed into the top 10. So, uh, yeah, I was cheering against him for my own selfish purposes. But, uh, I, I mean, I definitely thought he had a chance.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I thought Kisner was going to, I mean, I thought it was Kisner's to win. I mean, down the final stretch there, I thought it was Streb's to win going into Sunday, but Kisner had a great Sunday. I mean, Kevin, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean,
0: with after Streb failed to birdie the par 5 there, I definitely thought yeah. Kevin Kisner was in the driver's seat. Um, 17 wasn't playing easy either. You know, his birdie, his, yeah. his tee shot there was an impressive swing at that at that moment in the tournament. Um, I, I was doing my live betting as I, I like to do. And (laughs) I was looking, I was looking at what I wanted to, what I, whether I wanted to bet on Streb for a birdie on 18 or not, assuming he was going to have to birdie to get into the playoff. I was, I was kind of taken by surprise that he, he managed to get it done on 17. So um, yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy made some pretty impressive shots when, when, he needed to. I definitely thought
2: uh, on the first playoff hole that it was Kisner's for the taking. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, when he hit that, you couldn't really tell from the first shot they gave you of, uh, of Strebs in the bunker, but I was like, man, that's close to the lip. Like, I, I think he's going to have some trouble. And then Kisner hits it right down the middle. and like, I think this is done. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, Kisner gave it a good look. He... he a uh, uh, half you know a few rolls harder or a bit higher on that line and that putt goes in yeah, yeah it, was mean, a, it was
0: a
1: good stroke it was a good stroke Kisner the the whole time on 18 in like regulation he pounded his birdie putt like four feet past I think he had like maybe 25 30 feet I don't know exactly but he gave it a chance like he was like I'm not leaving this short I'm gonna pound it in if it's going in or it's gonna go well past I was like you could bogey the 18th year yeah.
0: Well, he was, he was pretty unhappy with his approach shot in there. You could tell. And it was almost like he was just like, well, damn it. I'm going to make it anyways. <laughs> yeah. And he's a good enough putter. You think he might, he, he might just do it. But um, yeah, obviously, I guess when you're that good at putter, you can, you have the confidence to make those comebackers. I wish I felt that way. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, I feel that. Craig, Craig you—my <laughs> <laughs> my big question for you is, did you, did you take the, will there be a playoff bet? going into uh, the week no
2: although oh. i should have because this is now the tournament that has had the most or i forget what the no graphic kidding. was they showed the most since 2010 maybe um uh tournaments decided in a playoff six of of the last 10 yeah i'm just doing RSM quick math four or, four of the, or, before or before the last or five it was before.
0: four of the last five were playoffs well, I know going into the week, I I'm unless I'm mistaking it I'm pretty sure it was it was 3 to 1. So, oh,
1: that's just oh, free money. Missed opportunity. I mean, but like what are you doing? So you're making that bet on Wednesday at the latest and <laughs> you're waiting until Sunday afternoon? That's not that's, The
0: feedback is not quite immediate enough for me. <laughs> give me a 10-shot parlay, I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep losing money on 1st round mean, like bets. <laughs>
2: And then, are you starting to like hedge with the live betting coming down the stretch? Like, I, oh, I, I want my, it. I'm going to hedge against that, losing that three to one bet.
0: And you'll be very confident, I'm sure. So you'll put a big stake on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the guy
1: like, playoff, playoff,
2: playoff. <laughs> Everyone else is like, what are you cheering for? Like, <laughs> yeah. let's get this thing over with. Um, but
0: no, Robert Streb, thoughts? Like, Well, now two-time winner, and they're both at Seaside Golf Club? Yeah. So, I mean,
2: what does that tell you? I think it means he's not the longest hitter. um, I think he knows how to play the course. He knows how to play the course. But it's a course where these guys who are not the longest hitters on tour can compete with anyone because um, it doesn't... It doesn't give you a, a big as big of an advantage as it does at other courses. Uh, and I think that's why we see so much success from, from the Kisners and the Webb Simpsons and the you know, all the guys who have won here over the years. Or I guess Webb hasn't won, but No, he's he, just been in the playoffs. Yeah, he does a good me. job getting into the playoffs and losing.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, Kevin Kisner now is <laughs> yeah. an 0 and five
1: career record in playoffs. I was a little I was pretty surprised when I heard that. What do you guys think of that, Adam? I I didn't know that going in. Like, I didn't know he was over four. It wasn't top of mind, anything like that. That's surprising because he had, I mean, one of his big wins is the match play uh, WGC. So he's clearly good on like the one-on-one match play type scenario. So <laughs> like, I don't know if you just can chalk it up to bad luck five times or. Yeah, I chalk sort it of up pattern? to stats. Just,
2: you know,
0: you flip a coin enough times, you're going to get five heads in a row. Yeah. I mean, he's, like I say, he's such a good putter, and, and he made some clutch ones today. Um, I don't really... it's It doesn't seem like he... Uh, he's the kind of guy that's going to... Choke? No, I don't.
2: No, I don't. also some of those playoffs may also be three or more people person playoffs. So it might not all be head to head.
1: Actually, so I just pulled it up on Wikipedia here. So at least uh, three of them are three or more. Yeah, and all of them are at least like second extra hole, fourth extra hole. Like he's not going out there and bogeying the first hole or the first playoff hole. Right. Um. So yeah, I think it is just dumb bad luck almost. Yeah. Now the one thing, I mean,
2: to me. I love what we saw from Kisner this week. Uh, we, Kevin, Adam and I talked about it uh, on a showdown video during the week. But uh, Kisner is one of these guys that he has a good sort of long term baseline, but his last couple of months hasn't been great. Yeah, um, and he hasn't. He's been losing strokes off the tee. So just a good, you know, even though it wasn't a win, just
0: a good bounce back into form. I think for Kisner. Um, Well, I'd also like to see, I mean, we might be, we might be cheating a little ahead here and getting into some of my stock up discussion, Mm -hmm. but, um, it was, it was nice to see he, he kind of sniffed the win there. He got, he had himself close enough where a a low round today, potentially he could, he could get another win and he went for it, you know, a 63 on Sunday to get yourself into a playoff. I mean, that's what more can you ask for you? He really went after it. Um, I was impressed. It's it's a guy who you know he's he's a big name. He's um, really well liked. I like think. Like you say, by... big name because it's Kevin or Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest. <laughs> um, it's I'd like always... right up there
2: with Barack in terms of like how much <laughs> how much cloud it has. <laughs>
0: can he just go on like a first name thing, like a one name? It's Kevin. Um, no, he. Um, I know he's really well liked amongst the other tour pros, and um, I like to see guys like that get, get theirs every once in a while. And, and like I say, he went after it today, and,
1: and good on him. Yeah, he's, he's just kinda... one of those guys where I mean, if you're out of the course and you have a bunch of beers in the bag, like you can't think of anyone more than like Kevin Kisner you want to play around with. Like yeah. he would make you laugh the entire time. Well, I feel have like a good I could time. think of other people, but
0: I mean, apparently he has a pretty good a pretty good smack talk game. Yeah. See, from what I, sure. I was gonna say
2: maybe if I wanted like someone to be my partner in like a you know a two-person <laughs> <Yeah>. game, <laughs> yeah,
0: me and no Kevin thing.
2: Kisner versus you two. How about
0: <laughs> Adam? I think you got the wrong Kevin in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't like that one bit. So you alluded to uh, the fact that short hitters can kind of keep pace here. What what are you guys' thoughts on the course, Craig? I liked it. I mean.
2: You know i i'm i don't know how i feel about this whole two courses on the first two days i don't um, really like that actually i don't like it no, at
1: all i, I mean if, I it's, if a, it's like do spilling that, water and do, craig's do, circuit breaker like his computer is like his data all messes up he's like i can't compute <laughs> yeah it
2: really does mess with my ability to plot things through the week um to me it almost feels like if you're going to do that then do one of each on the weekend and then it's it's a bit more balanced like it just seems Mm. a little i I think i guess they're trying to tease some play into the plantation side um i i'm sure it's also a nightmare for the the broadcasters trying to set up to cover two courses and
1: oh absolutely yeah and um camera crew and all that I also I mean, think you know, in, in a little terms bit- of the
2: course, wind defended it well, I thought, uh, when it was windy. And then you really saw the scoring start to come up today, uh, which was cool because then you got to see okay, any leads you had built up, they're vulnerable to charges. And you're, getting, and you're getting a lot of six, seven, eight unders. If the wind
1: lays down, these guys can pick it apart. Like, yeah. no problem yeah. at all. Well, that's what I was going to
0: say about the two courses thing is I think that it, it's a little bit like the the morning afternoon split sometimes where you can get the bad side of the weather. But if you get the bad weather when you're playing a certain course, you could be potentially at a, a major disadvantage if mm-hmm. one is plays a little bit easier than the other. So I yeah. don't know. It's it's not my favorite thing. And like well, and I like think saying with the broadcast exposed
2: too. to the wind a bit more. So if say there right. was yeah. a windy day. And you got it on that day, then you're really gonna have a harder time than the other half of the field.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is I think I, what I, happened to a lot of my picks this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think actually that. the wind
0: was pretty balanced on both days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I agree with that, but it's also like a pretty mid-tier PGA Tour event. Like, if it was, yeah, yeah. Whatever, I whatever a major, a WGC, yeah, I'd be a little bit hokey. But I mean, there's a, there's a reason this is the field that it is, and I don't know. It's a different dynamic. Although this it's, is the
2: strongest field they've ever had, apparently.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um, because, they, of,
2: because of it being um, the week after the Masters and being so geographically close. I forget what, what tournament it was they said that usually gets the bump from being after the Masters. Um, it's up. I want to say Harbortown? it's... Harbortown? Harbortown, maybe. Um, somewhere, somewhere just north of here. I want to say in the Carolinas,
1: but yeah. But, I mean, doing the research for this tournament, if you, like, had a some kind of match where it was, like, home course versus, like, home course, there are so many PGA Tour pros that call this place mm. home or, like, it's their I training know. facility. I mean, they would destroy it. Or, like, the Georgia Bulldog connection. Um, there's, It seems pretty impressive, the complex here. I think yeah. Jupiter could probably give them a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah. I think Jupiter.
0: you. Yeah, yeah, um, one one of the one of such guys that I, I believe calls course home Harris English. He had a bit of a run here on Sunday. Yeah, Does yeah. he d- does he call Seaside home? I don't know if he does for sure. Um, I thought I saw him in the snapshot.
2: Oh, he's a Georgia Bulldog for sure. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that yeah. And I don't, but I, I can't remember for sure whether he does. Uh, but no, it's really nice to see that f- uh, for Harris. Um, the one thing I was thinking though. You know, Harris, it's now been a, a, basically a year that he's really elevated himself, you know, from being more like a, you know, 50 to 100 type player uh, up into the I don't even know where he is right now. Top 20, top 30. Um, but we haven't seen him win. So it's one of the things where like it's nice to see this from him on a Sunday, uh, but he, one of these ones like this where it is a bit of a weaker field, uh, he's going to have to
0: go out there and, and yeah. win it. Um, well, and he was in a really good position after two rounds. You know, the 72 on, on Saturday. Yeah, that, by, was, that came out of nowhere. 62. But, you know, if, to finish three shots back and, and have that 72 after, you know, 66, 66, 72, 62. Kinda kinda glares out there. It's moving yeah, day. I, he's moving the right. I, wrong I way. just pulled it up. He
2: hasn't won since twenty thirteen. Um so yeah. yeah, it just it it's one thing to keep an eye on because I, I think he is playing, you know, potentially the best golf he's ever played. Yeah. Definitely the best golf. He had a couple wins in twenty thirteen, and definitely the best golf since then. Uh so it would be nice to see him knock off a tournament or two uh before we get into the full swing of next summer
0: yeah to be a real kind of just to solidify himself in the if is he where is he at in the world rankings So 33rd yeah so to really solidify yourself in the top 50 and maybe move up a little further there you you definitely got to get some wins under your belt there's no doubt Yeah, and and so
2: to give you some context he was he had fallen all the way to 183rd at the start of 2020 so really um,
1: wow at the start of 2020 wow that recent
0: well good on him for turning it around um the picks this week it sounds like you guys had some some pretty epic picks in the showdowns. Um, unfortunately, going into the tournament, it's pretty ho hum. We uh, we backed Henley and Webb Simpson for our winners in our one and duns and that was T thirty T thirty seven. I
2: just feel like I I let a a good start get away from me there. I, yeah, I was Craig, the only one that, that started Webb. You guys both started Russell Henley. And uh, yeah, that feels like one I'd like to have back.
1: Webb yeah. was also, I mean, four or five holes out on Friday. He was not within the cut line. Oh, I know. I was very <laughs> aware. <laughs> I, like, I didn't want to, like, step on you at that point. But I was, I was close to texting me like, Craig, you, oh, man, you burned one here.
2: Meanwhile, as soon as Webb was ahead of <laughs> Russell Henley for like thirty seconds today, I managed yeah. to grab a screenshot and send <laughs> yeah. it to you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got I got that one this morning. Thanks for that. What was that two holes in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: somewhere yeah, no, there. No uh, so, other than that, yeah, really nothing super significant pick wise. Um, Fortunately, you know, in terms of my week-long ones, I I was a little bit under uh, return on my week-long DFS, uh, but yet the showdowns made up for it, which was nice.
1: So DFS was kind of interesting this week. Um, the whole the big thing with DFS is to get six of six, like six of your players uh, through. It to was a bloodbath. <laughs> it was a complete bloodbath. So it was a huge field. You had these two courses. One didn't have like the shot link data, so you're. <laughs> All you see is, got like, if you're on Corn Fairy Tour or whatever else you're tracking, these lesser tourists is like, shot two from rough. You're like,
2: well, what kind of rough? Like, <laughs> are they behind a tree? Like, yeah. are they...
1: what kind of angle are we
2: talking about here? Or shot three
1: from other. You're like, oh, God. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> But it was a complete bloodbath. Only 1%, around 1%, got six of six through. Um, and I think something like five of the six or seven highest own guys missed Mr. cut guys like barn well, Denny McCarthy, McCarthy was a big one,
2: yeah um yeah j m yeah um yeah, so i mean i had I had lineups cash that were four out of six lineups
1: oh, I <laughs> really Wow. I'm in the top three percent that were four out of six, yeah um yeah it was a, it was kind of crazy
0: yeah weird weird week for picks let's just let's just say that. Yep. at least tournament starting the tournament anyways after well, but, but craig before
1: got we, before we after move craig on started
0: it. crunching the numbers though he started to get into get into the the zone a little bit with it so <laughs> once i could good. narrow the focus a bit <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i mean before we do i want to i mean pat my own back cuz it seems like kevin you're moving on here but <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: I, I noticed sleeper,
1: it. I noticed it. Why sleeper you got should, top 20 here? Chris Kirk. You guys, you're both your sleepers missed the cut. so You should
2: highlight that in the in the document if you want it to be brought up next time.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm highlighting it as we go.
2: Yeah. Um, but no, the thing I loved about that is, uh, you know, Adam and I were talking about making lineups at the start of the week and and on our Twitch show. And Adam was talking about this Chris Kirk guy. And I, what did you end up, 35% of your lineups had him? Yeah. And he, you know, he's like a, a fairly deep sleeper in, in a, in a field where you knew it was going to be a bit of a bloodbath just with the number of people going in. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's a good pick. It, like, I'm happy to see it work out for you because I was, it was one that you had, you planted your flag firmly there and, uh, it worked I, I out.
1: Did. and he was about one and a half percent owned. So like he was, he, he still maintained a sleeper desp- despite how much I broadcasted it out. Um, <laughs> But there's interesting. Chris Kirk thing... is
0: actually an easy guy to cheer for, too. He he has yes. a bit of a story behind him. And uh I don't know if you know it or want to get into it, Adam, but um he um he,
1: Yeah, I mean he it... had some struggles. Uh 2019, he I think he came out of rehab. Um he's been dealing with alcohol issues uh I think for a lot of his adult life. Uh seems clean and sober now, young family, he seems as yeah, at the he, top of his life right now. He seems like he's yeah. really turned things around. He 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 was a very strong uh collegiate player, I believe, and
0: and early in his career had some success. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah, just the the battle of tour life and everything got to him a bit and um he did the hard thing to, and stepped away for a while to take care of himself yeah. and get himself better and and uh yeah, now now he's back. I think he had a win early on. Korn's very Tour sure this year. That's right. Yeah. um so, and, and then he finished he finished high in a few tournaments already after the restart. And anyway, just an easy guy to cheer for. So a lot of the other things from what I know, and I don't know his
2: story that close um or that well, but uh he's also been very open in talking about it, which I think yeah. that's awesome yeah. because you know, there's all the people who are struggling with similar things and, or those type of things. And you know when someone, whether it's mental health or addiction issues or anything like that, that there's a stigma associated with, um, when people are able to be open about it, I think it's just like such a stand-up thing to do and helps, can help impact so many people in a positive 100%, way. hundred percent, yeah. Totally. completely agree. Part of,
0: the, part of the reason he's just such an easy guy to cheer for, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we move on here, guys? Why don't we get into your good, bad, and ugly Craig? Okay, so this week, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, we're looking at our
2: Masters top 10 follow-ups. So, you know, we I like had, it. we're coming off a big tournament into, you know, one that is not as big, I guess would be the <laughs> best way to put it. Um, but we had a lot of guys who were in the top 10. We didn't have DJ making a start, and we didn't have Rory, but uh, but we still had some names. Uh, so starting off with a good, Corey Connors. He was I'm sorry, tight-
0: I couldn't help but notice he left JT out of that again. I just <laughs> come on. <man. laughs> sorry, anyway. I just, I I just
2: went to two and JT, yeah, you know, yeah, DJ sorry, JT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so first off, starting out with the good, uh Corey Connors, our Canadian boy, uh tied for 10th at uh, the Masters last week. Uh he was tied for 10th here as well. Uh, back-to-back top tens. He was 66 64 on the weekend. Um, you know, everyone was scoring a little bit better today, and, and he ma- managed to keep pace with that. Uh, and for him, it moves him to 26 on the FedEx Cup rankings in the early season here. So, uh, you know, last year we had Mackenzie Hughes um, make it into the, the top 30 at the end. Uh, so is doing a good job positioning himself through the, the fall stretch.
0: Yeah. Connors was in the tour championship two years ago. So it'd be nice. You know, he's, he's, his game seems to be kind of getting back there a little bit. So, uh, yeah. Nice to see him have another strong finish.
1: He's so good. I mean, his ball striking is extraordinary.
0: It's unbelievable. Like on, he, I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch tons of it this week, but watching the back nine on today, um, Seventeen sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. He's 17, 18. he's looking at birdie putts and he's just burning lifts, burning lifts. He yeah He dropped one on eighteen, but he could have made four birdies in the last four holes. Like he's hitting it so good. He's yeah, got that I mean, he's
2: got like that Emiliano Grio. Um like you're like, Man, this guy's like the best player. <laughs> How is he Oh, it's cause he just keeps burning the edges. Yeah, it's well yeah, um, you see
1: like a par five, I think on the back nine, it's like Oh, he got it to like 330 in the center cut. Uh, he has like 230 and you're like, well, he's going to stick this at like 15 feet. <laughs> like, That's yeah. just how good his ball striking is. And then hopefully
2: two putts. <laughs> and <then 30>. yeah. <laughs> um, but just, uh, you know, I, you brought up the, the top 30. Uh, I, was, I just pulled up the golf rankings here. Is it top 50 get into the Masters? If they're yes. not already in? I think that's right. No, he got, so, he got
1: in though because he's top 12 at the event. Oh, right, right, right.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because it'll be something to keep an eye on, because he moved up to 54th uh, in the world rankings. Um, oh, but okay. yeah, he, he's in anyways. so good point, Adam. Okay, um, my next one, the bad. And, you know, I couldn't quite arrive on one here. Um, I went with J and C.T. Pan. Uh, both of them, you know, they just missed the cut line line. Uh, Pan I think was the one that was a little bit more um felt like it let one get away. Uh he was 3 under 67 on Thursday uh and then he shot a 1 over 73 uh on on a the day it was playing easier too, on the second day and the cut line was really starting to move there. Um but yeah, he missed by one and uh and did did it on Friday late. So uh that's the bad. Uh I don't know if you guys have anything to add to either Sung J or, or C.T. Pan.
1: Uh Sung was the second highest price guy in DFS, at least on DraftKings, so that's a pretty significant miscut. And
2: um, I think both of us said he wasn't in our pool, so fade. feeling good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, last one, the ugly Dylan Fratelli. Um, you know, came off a, a tied for the fifth at the Masters. He was plus eight here. He was not even close to sniffing a cut line. Um, Just a quick recap of the number of holes he had over par. There was seven of them. He had three bogeys, three double bogeys, and a triple bogey in uh, in 36 (laughs) holes of golf. So um, I hope he's happy with his master's check and he can have a short memory on this one yeah no you know kidding.
0: what i I think it's pretty hard to not have a master's hangover for a lot of these guys that that kind of had a yeah. run there last week like somebody like sung jay especially he was he was right there mm-hmm. well i guess d j was quite clear, but you know he got within a couple of DJ. but like Saturdays. you know if, if
2: say cam Smith was playing this week, I think it'd be hard for him not to exactly to like totally shift your focus into the next tournament,
0: yeah totally yeah. Adam why don't you give us your three stars for this week? Yeah, so
1: third star, Camille Vajegas. Um, so uh, it's, there's a story here. So interesting story, sad story. Um, but I'll just jump right into it. If you don't know yet, or if you don't know already from the broadcast or watching golf, he lost his 22-month-old daughter, Mia, in July of this year. Just kind of a tragic loss. Uh, she had a battle of cancer. Um, very, very tragic for the family. He He's had... An interesting career, but on Thursday morning during his warm up for this round, he saw a rainbow, and Mia's favorite things were rainbows, and he wears a rainbow pin. And they gave out uh, rainbow pins in July this year, but he wears one, so he saw he's, he saw it. He thought to himself, you know, like, hey, let's just let's just have a good one. Let's just go out there and have a good one this weekend uh, or this week. He ended up finishing uh, tie for six, and he was actually in contention for a for the majority of the weekend or f- of the tournament. Um, but that tied for six, it's actually his first top 10 since the 20th, 2017 Valero Texas Open. So it's been a long while since he's cracked a top 10 on the PGA Tour. At the start of 2020, he was ranked 2,079th two, two in the world. He, I mean, like, if you go back to 2008, he was ranked 7th. He got his highest 7th in the world rankings. Um, so great to see him kind of come back at a top six, uh, just a tragic, tragic year for him and his family. And he said after that, he just wants to focus on golf. I'm sure it's a distraction for him. Uh, so it's great to see him playing, playing better.
2: Yeah. Um, I, they were teasing a documentary. I don't know if it's out already, uh, or if it's just about to come out or something, but, uh, that's going to be a hard one to get through. Um, you I mean, there's few things that are you know more tragic than than children getting sick and dying and i mean yeah. him the, you know the the um previews i had watched for this documentary on the broadcast uh it's him and his wife and you know they're just such beautiful people with like a beautiful outlook on on trying to um deal with the adversity of all this and and move on and um, you know, make make what they can out of out of the adversity of the situation, and uh, yeah. yeah, your heart just goes out to the guy. Yeah, I mean, both you guys have daughters, so I'm sure it. I'm sure it makes it uh, hit, uh, hit a little bit closer to home too.
1: Yeah, Kevin's are a little bit older now, or his kids are a little bit older, but mine's. I mean, right around there. When I told my wife this story on the weekend, she's like, "Oh my god!" Like, I'm. I hope he wins. I'm like, yeah. I think everyone's yeah. kind of hoping he wins. Like, you, you can never. I don't think you can ever imagine what no. that process and, is like.
0: And you know, my my remaining somewhat quiet here is is partly. I mean, you guys are you guys are saying it well, but also I just can't even. I, I get too choked up even thinking about it. I uh, I oftentimes read I, when when the whole thing with Mia was was kind of coming out to the public. I I remember reading stories at at work on my phone and just welling up and you know trying to yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> hold it together because it, it,
0: it's just such a sad story.
1: But I, I yeah. do have a question for you, Kevin, in terms of Camille. I feel like the TELUS World Skins game in 2008 was at Predator yeah. Ridge. Didn't yeah. you go with uh, our dad and, and yeah, check him out I there? Did.
0: Yeah, it was Camille v- uh Fred Couples, Greg Norman, Colin Montgomery. I and wanna that's say a throw Mike, back, I want to say it? Mike Weir as well as Five. Um, and that was when Vajegas was kind of, he was, he was doing his... The kid his, doing the Spider-Man thing. The Spider-Man right? thing on the greens, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so everybody was just was just calling for him to do that. And he finally did. <laughs> everybody goes crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it was a pretty cool event. He, he was still a pretty young guy then, um, but
1: it was, it was cool. Actually, no, I think it was Sergio was there too or something. He's played in a lot of them. I was looking through kind of the history of the TELUS Rollskins and he... Sergio watched up of them
2: earlier than that i think
0: was it earlier anyway yeah um yeah anyway seems like a great guy came yeah not so absolutely sure. but so just seems like a nice guy too
1: <laughs> <laughs> second star of the week uh david pastor have you guys heard of him at all this one's heard a of him have no you? idea Okay, so I hadn't heard of him until this week. Uh, I just kind of—it's kind of a cool story. I was doing some more research. I, I just want to kind of share this quick story. Uh, he won this week's local IQ series. So it was actually the local IQ championship. It was the seventh of seven events in this local IQ series. The local IQ series was created in 2020, bringing kind of the McKenzie Tour, uh, PG Tour Latino America, and PGA Tour China as kind of this series to help these guys play some golf during the pandemic. So seven events, this was the seventh, he won it, uh, doing so he earned a entry into the 2021 Barbasol Championship, and a $24,000 payday, which I'm sure is very, very nice. Um, but interestingly, so it started on Tuesday, on Monday, he played in the RSM Monday qualifier, finished five under, and just missed the playoff by one. So if he got oh. into that playoff, got into the event, he might have... I mean, who knows? Maybe he got into the event and did well. Maybe he got in and missed the cut. But anyways, he didn't get in, drove five hours north to TBC Sugarloaf, teed it up Tuesday morning, no practice round, and won this event. So obviously his game's in good shape. <laughs> his game's, yeah. He ended up, I think, second in like the whole local IQ series long kind of race. Um, but he's, from what I know, he's a McKenzie Tour guy. So he's playing in Canada on the Mac- McKenzie Tour so. Yeah, I mean, to go from a Monday, like, it's just that grind we talk about that I love. You go from Monday qualifier, just miss that after shooting five under, which is great. You go up, you're in another tournament, and then you go and win that, like, ah, I love that.
2: Yeah, that
0: 24,000 is almost what Webb earned me for a one and done total there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's why he probably would have played in uh, the RSM if he got in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, good cool. for good for him. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and, yeah. and getting those opportunities in the Barbasol and um, what was the other one you said? Oh, just the Barbasol. I mean Yeah, just the Barbasol. I mean, even one opportunity, like it's it's all it takes for these guys. Let's look like at Corey Connors. Monday qualified at the at the Valero Texas Open and won it. And for history, life has,
1: life has changed ever since. But I mean yeah. you wouldn't have been get one entry, like <laughs> Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> we almost up, think like, they would be like you get some kind of
2: corn fairy status or something like that out of it um because essentially those are those are their tours that are in the tier below that that um i guess typically you can with finish like if you finish higher in the mckenzie don't you typically get some kind of status the next year on the corn ferry i think so yeah Um, i'm sure there
1: it's just a weird year right it's such a
2: weird year and i think it's like i think it's the hardest for these people who are on the lower tours um Because the normal way of doing things has been so disrupted.
1: There's actually a uh, pretty interesting YouTube series uh, for these for a couple local IQ guys. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, I think they kind of give like three or four of these guys a camera set and they film kind of like a vlog style. And then they kind of splice it together into these 10 minute YouTube videos. Um, And it just kind of shows their life behind the scenes. There's one guy that's from, I want to say, Argentina. Where is uh, Griot from? He Argentine. Oh, yeah, I want to see. Argentine.
0: You hear the confidence? Argentine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's Anyways, he's friends with him. And like, there's all these guys traveling together from like Airbnb to Airbnb and their rental cars. And it's just like the grind of, I mean, they're They're so not quite far sharing
2: the private plane to get from tournament to tournament.
1: <laughs> no, they're not oh. landing on that private airship right next to the RSM. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, so on, I forget if it was Wednesday, but Adam and I were, I was like, like, I don't get why all these pros would live here. Like, it's not like there's a major airport hub around. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's that little airport where they land in their G5 golf streams <laughs> yeah. and they don't need to worry about getting into a major airport hub.
1: Yeah. There's a whole series of airports we just don't even know about. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on our network. Okay. First star, Robert Strabb. Won the tournament in the playoff. Second win. Second win here. Um, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, you mentioned a lot. He played hockey growing up. So he's got that 10-finger grip with no gloves. I'm sure you guys heard that on the broadcast. But I did pull one interesting stat. It is from PJTour.com. But he played hockey with NFL quarterback Sam Bradford.
2: Hmm. Who's also a pretty good golfer. Is he? If you you didn't know that, yeah. I want to say... I would say he's like a scratch golfer.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Like, well, maybe he should have stuck to it. It seems like his knees are more equipped for golf. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, made pre- made a pretty good go of it though, salary wise. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Streb, yeah. Yeah, did yeah, did he go wire to wire? I forget if he was first round leader or time oh. for first round leader. it's hard.
1: I mean, cause one of these uh courses was a par 70, one was a par seventy two. It's so right. hard to know. Right. With this tournament. Yeah. But he was right. he
2: was the 36 hole leader, I believe.
1: Definitely 54.
0: De- he was 36 and 54 for sure. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, impressive win. What yeah. can you say? Um all right, well I wanted to mention C Young Kim, who won the Pelicans Women Championship. Um, she was the leader going into the final round today, uh, after firing rounds of 67, 65, 64, and then kind of just took care of business today, uh, shooting a 70 to complete a three shot victory. It's actually her second straight victory because her last start was the KPMG women's PGA championship back Mm. in October where she, we talked about it on the podcast, but she won her first major in impressive fashion. So, um, yeah, talk about somebody's game who's in shape. Uh that's in shape. She's uh winning everything
1: she enters these days. <laughs> <laughs> um and I believe yeah. as these other tours wrap up, we still have a LPGA major this year. I'd have to I'd have to look it up, but I think we st- we still do on the calendar year. Yeah. So that's, that's one to
0: look forward to. Yeah, like you say, as, as some of these other uh, tours are taking a break. Over Sorry, the, the uh,
1: U.S. Women's Open is December 10th to 13th at Cypress Creek. Right on. So maybe she'll win that. She seems to be winning everything. Maybe she'll <laughs> yeah.
0: win the next five, just like DJ. <laughs> just like DJ. <laughs> um, I also um, wanted to mention... So, so
2: that came on, uh, you know, I had the, the RSM broadcast on and just left golf channel up and the LPGA came on and my wife was like, You'd just hate it if I was able to golf like that. I'd just be whooping you and I, I was like, babe, I would love it if you could golf like that. <laughs> I'd I'd happily get beat and I'd be I, like, Man, check how good check out how good my wife is at golf.
1: If you would have me, I would be on your bag, pinning your clubs, yeah. doing whatever you want. Like uh, Yeah. Um So I want to
0: mention Corey Connors too. Um, With his 64 today, he won the RSM Birdies for Love competition. So this was uh, at the completion of the RSM tournament. Whoever had made the most birdies since the start of the 2020-2021 season won $300,000 that RSM was going to donate to a charity of their choice. So the 64 today, you know, moved Connors up the leaderboard and also locked him in as the the winner of the Birdies for Love competition. He finished with 147 birdies, um, which was six more than second place, except Straka. so I guess him and his wife, Connors and his wife uh, started a foundation in Ontario last year uh, providing education and athletic opportunities to help children that otherwise couldn't afford them. Um, so yeah, I just want to give them a shout out for that. They're they're going to be able to grow their foundation a little bit. And uh, yeah, also a shout out for RSM just for you know putting that
1: competition together and putting up that money. So Kevin, how many rounds would it take you to get to 147 birdies? <laughs> like... <laughs> Honestly, I'm
0: usually pretty happy if I get one around these days. So 147. <laughs> I don't I, man, there's no way I
2: have 147 birdies in my life. In your life? I don't think so.
0: I think I. I feel like I do. for the listeners, we
1: need to like say that our <laughs> how much golf we play a year. Like I, I, have a lot of winter up where I am. I don't. I can't play year round. I, I I'm happy if I get 10 rounds in the summer.
0: Well, I'm happy if I I'm get if 10 I get rounds.
1: rounds. Oh. I, I get 10 rounds. I'm happy if I get 20
0: i i'm yeah unfortunately i i'm not limited by my weather as much but more by my life a little bit so i'm i'm pretty happy with 10 rounds a year these days but that's going to change it's going to
1: change one we, day guys we could scramble our way to some of those birdies <laughs> oh we no, yeah, if we're counting
0: scramble birdies then yeah i'd
2: easily yeah. <laughs> So That's the, last, play thing, my best golf.
0: <laughs> the yeah. last thing I wanted to bring up was that I'm sure everybody's heard this, but Tiger will be playing with his son, Charlie at the PNC championship in December. Um, it's Charlie and Tiger's first official tournament together and has pretty much made the otherwise, I don't know, unknown uh, PNC championship must watch television this December. I'd say
1: yeah, I mean, it's on I mean, television I, now. anyways, I think I saw some odds out. I didn't know this was a betting event, but I'm sure you locked in your Tiger Charlie bet already. Kev. I
0: haven't. I, I haven't even seen the odds yet. So I'll, I'm going to have to get on that.
1: Is there a, is there a, uh,
0: to be a playoff one yet? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I better get on that now. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's just move right into our stock up, stock down this week. Craig, Sorry, you I was just looking
2: talk? up what the uh, PNC championship is. So essentially it's, it's major winners or players' championship winners. Was oh, that why Daly's in it? And then, essentially, they get to bring a family member. Um, so I don't know if... Is it Charlie's, his son's name? Yeah. Um, I don't know how, like whether there's a lot of kids that young who are... Because <laughs> I'm just looking at photos here, and they're like... It's like... Bernard Longer with his, like, adult, probably, grandson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's and his Char- son.
0: <laughs> Charlie's got game, all right? I'm sure you've seen the swings on, you know, on the, the paparazzi swing videos that they're getting of Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, so that's he- the thing oh. I was
2: going to say is I, I didn't realize what the PNC Championship was, but I'm a little bit happier if this is what it is um, because – it, it's like something that exists for the purpose of the media and of yeah. the of yeah. the show of it. I I thought it was kind of like they were, um, you know, they were going to become a total sideshow of something that is not really about them. But this is exactly I, I'm way more on board now than than when I first heard heard this.
0: You know, Craig, I know you love to slam on Tiger. I and well, it's not even that.
2: I like to slam on the media coverage and like everyone. Um, you know co-opting everything else going in the golf world to talk about tiger woods like that that's
0: more what i hate um anyway regardless of you slamming on him all the
1: time (laughs) just because you talk about him all the time
0: (laughs) yeah well welcome to my world of pain manning all right i'm forced (laughs) to slam on the guy because craig's always talking about him but no regardless what anybody says about tiger the one thing that everybody it seems says is he is he's a good dad and and seems to genuinely genuinely love his kids and and want to be around them so i think it's
1: cool yeah so wait you don't have to be a major championship winner do you to be in this or a players championship winner or players got it the fifth major man um <laughs> okay. well you know
2: pga they love to pump up their own event like that um i was wondering could...
1: where kuchar why kuchar was in <laughs> good to I move was, with I... the stock up stock down
0: yeah, yeah get, gonna, get us started, Craig.
2: Okay, so uh, I'm going up on Camille Villegas, Uh and I know Adam, you know, he just told us a lot about the story and the reasons to like him for, for you know, a lot of uh, good human reasons, but um, he was brought up on our, our Twitch show on Wednesday as a potential sleeper here, and you know, I can't remember offhand who it was that had brought him up, but uh I, I I think both Adam and I said that you know he, he had a really good start at the Sanderson Farms um and he has at times looked good this year. Uh it's been tumultuous though. Uh yeah. after this week, I'm I'm gonna take some flyers on him uh in in the future uh for yeah. DFS just because when he like his approach game seems to be so good at times that that can really carry you to high finishes in tournaments. So, um, yeah, stock up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna put 35 percent of my uh, lineups in like Adam, mate. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna roster. I'm a crazy guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at. I mean, his ball striking's been pretty impressive. Uh, but he, I, I agree. Like he seemed high, high risk for this week. But hey, I mean, if you plugged him in, it worked. Yeah, high risk, high reward. Yeah. yeah.
2: Kate, my stock down, someone I did roster in a few DFS, uh, Harold Varner III. Um, you know, it's been too many times, I feel like, recently that I've been burned by him. And yeah. I was, you know, saying that don't don't let his his Friday in Bermuda when he, you know, should have made a cut there and, and just blew up to miss it. Don't let that get. In, in, in crazy wins. In crazy wins, yeah. Yeah. So you know maybe it is just a stock down in the wind. He, so he missed the cut. Uh, he he opened, um, seventy five his first round. It's just I'm not gonna commit to any sort of significant. You know this is maybe maybe it's just a DFS one, but I'm not gonna commit. Maybe I'll, I'll throw a, a lineup or two with him in, but um, he's not gonna be a, a high highly owned person by me. Um, just because I I worry, you know, where he's usually priced, you don't want people who are going to miss cuts in fields like this, and so um, yeah, it's a stock down for me.
0: Yeah, like he seems is... to he seems to swing a lot, doesn't he? Like he he'll finish high, and just when you think <laughs> that's, oh, the, problem, like, that's like the problem, right? Seventy five times in a row. No, he, he seems to, his his performance or his finishes seem to swing <laughs> quite drastically. Um right when you think he's he's playing well he uh he'll miss a cut, and you know you'll stake him and he misses yeah. a cut just like you say craig so tough- tough guy to continue doing that with right now when he keeps burning you, no doubt about it.
1: I feel like it's possible that he could be Craig's stock up here pretty quick too. (laughs) Watch out for it next. Oh, there's no
0: tournament. Watch
2: out for it in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. If you really want to look for someone to, to get on board, jump on the bandwagon, I'd say, I'd say whoever I'm stocked down in the week before.
1: (laughs) Okay. My stock up, Doug Gim. So again, I mean, talking about our Wednesday night Twitch show, it's, it's a great conversation we have in there. And one of our uh, loyal listeners is from Chicago and his, his dry cleaning place that he goes to is owned by Doug Gim's aunt and uncle. So he gives us all the inside scoop on Doug Gim and they have photos of him up there. I'm, I'm just picturing like the Seinfeld and Friends <laughs> dry cleaners where they have the celebrities but it's only Doug Gim up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he finished 14th this week. It's
0: four- so, so let me get this straight. If, if you listen to the Twitch show or watch the yeah. Twitch show, then... You're getting inside scoops from absolutely on Doug Gim and who who knows what other connections there who knows
2: are. knows what the, other with the, obscure relatives? The community of. of the
1: of the of the stream the, there. The, the dry cleaner aunt and uncle connection is one of the best inside scoops in the biz. Like <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't get any better than that. Anyways, former uh, number one amateur in the world, so very talented player. But he, I mean, he kind of didn't do great when he turned pro in 2018. He has four top 25s in his last five tournaments. He was 14th at the RSM. It's just consistent uh, this year. He's really kind of turned his game around. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, stock up, stock completely up. I mean, I, I think he's going to continue to make noise. I think we're going to see some top 10s. Uh, I mean, who knows what happens in the near future or, or later this season. I mean, he, I, I think he has a talent to pull an early win or something like that. Now, and it, yeah, if you recognize the name, he has been brought
2: up. I don't know how much we brought him up on the podcast. We definitely bring him up on DFS Talk a lot. But uh, he was brought up in the My Boys episode because he was the one who Doc, Doc Redman... Redmond? Yeah, oh, Doc right. Redmond knocked off to win that U.S. amateur. Oh yeah,
1: um,
2: and just in like devastating fashion, where well, Redmond like, went unconscious for a yeah, 2 Red holes, Red right. Went, yeah, oh. I think I forget exactly what it was, but like eagle, birdie, birdie, or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a tough loss. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. you think you're doing everything right, then someone just holds it again. And, and I think he drained like a sixty-foot. Eagle yeah, to or something. St-
2: yeah. stay alive
1: yeah yeah uh adam who do you have moving down this week stock down cameron davis um not one of my boys my official boys but i mean a guy i talk a lot of, about 25 year old ozzy extremely talented we talked about him on the pod i think as uh that right and left hand swing that's as good as mm-hmm. any right left hand swing like on tour like it's just gorgeous how he swings a golf ball um and especially how he swings the golf club. But the ball. Golf club. <laughs> <laughs> I guess how the golf all reacts to this. Thing, whatever. Um, busy year, Craig. I think this might hit close home for you. He married his girlfriend in September. They also got a new puppy this year. Oh, man. Oh, my stock is cause... up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the puppy's name is Hobbs. I don't know if cool. it's a Calvin and Hobbs like thing, it. but I know we're all big fans of Calvin and Hobbs.
2: Man, honestly, with a young puppy, with a young puppy, I understand now why his game is struggling. It's there's probably all these little needle sharp bite marks on his hands. And
1: the the puppy was a little bit while ago. I was creeping his Instagram. It's a it's a few months ago. The marriage is new as of September. Anyways, uh, two tournaments ago, he was in the Vivint Houston Open. He made the cut, but then he went seventy seven seventy five on the weekend. Just completely blew up. Uh, finished 68th, which was last of the people who made the cut. Uh, this week went 70-70, missed the cut. Uh, I had a little bit of stake of him in DFS. Um, I just, there's so much potential with him that I think maybe, I mean, the the Houston is more concerning than the 70-70, I think here and missing the cut minus two. Um, but perhaps the breaks coming at a kind of opportune time for him to like reset family time puppy time dog time wife time come back in 2021 and then i mean his potential i'm just so excited about his potential but right now his stock is down for me yeah i
2: think to me it's it's, it's almost uh i feel it was the last week of the masters that we were talking more less stock down and more just disappointed that's kind of how i feel like i yeah. still think like my stock is is I'm still thinking that Cameron Davis is going to turn it on here pretty soon and put the pieces together because his talent, it, it, it's absurd how, how much talent he has as a ball striker. Yeah. So it yeah. feels like it should just be a matter of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, we always talk about the stock down is often people that we really, really like, but are like just kind of yeah. disappointed us. Yeah. But he, yeah. he falls into that.
0: Let me, let me just assure you that my stock down does not fall into that category for me. Um, <laughs> first, first, my stock up. the first, <laughs> <laughs> first, my stock up is Kevin Kisner. Uh, we talked about him at the top of the show. For me, he's somebody that just has kind of fallen off my radar a little bit. You know, you think of him as a pretty steady, making the cut, getting solid finishes guy, but it's kind of been a little bit down from that. I feel like lately, I haven't, I haven't really seen his name on leaderboards as often. Um, So kind of nice for him to just sort of get thrust back up to the top of the leaderboard for a week and hopefully get some confidence, and maybe he can use this to kind of create a little bit of momentum for himself and kind of get back to that level of play I think that we're used to from him. Um, So good showing. Stock up for me. Um, My stock down is Zach Johnson. Um, Not a guy I'm particularly fond of. Uh, he, you just love to hate people. Like like what's your hate
2: for Zach Johnson about? Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's
0: just not one of my favorite guys out there. I haven't cheered a lot for him over the years. Not, I feel like you're just just anyone who (laughs)
2: ever beat Tiger in a tournament. You just like, you just have like a hate on for them.
0: (laughs) He's taking it down a couple majors. That could have been somebody else's, you know, I don't know. It's just, um, he, he had a chance to win though, two back at his, at his home course, I believe. Um, Going into the into Sunday and and really shot an uninspiring round today two under he didn't need to do too much to kind of keep pace and and he didn't yeah do so it. so um,
2: Zach Johnson was someone I was high on coming into this into Sunday um and and I I do feel like he, it was a little bit of a let one get away from him you know he yeah. Uh, it, with the scores you saw up there at the top of the leaderboard to go two under, it really felt like you left an opportunity
0: yeah i think i think low scores are out there and and you know i don't know how often he has a chance to get a w anymore and and he had one today and he didn't do it so
2: now that said um, um and maybe from a more bringing the scope back out going into the Wyndham, he was outside of qualifying for the um for the playoffs last year. He's still like his last two months, he's been on a great tear. Uh, yes. and and yeah. another top ten here. So so yes, a little disappointed he didn't do more. Um but but I like <laughs> listen, where his game's at
0: <laughs> listen this might not be an accurate reflection of his trend line of performance. I am just <laughs> he's somebody I saw up at the top of the leaderboard who Who uh, I thought I could...
2: Sorry, I'm just saying that like, for those who are like potentially going to roster him in DFS or (laughs) things like that... It might still be a
0: good play. I'm not sure. Okay,
1: first off, I agree agree it was disappointing. He had a triple bogey on seven today, the par five, which is like... I mean, you can't do that on a par five. He hit it in the water. But I mean, (laughs) Zach Johnson, he's 5'11", 164. He's 44 years old. Like, talk about a guy that's (laughs) overachieved in his life. or like even on the <laughs> tournament uh like yeah. i don't know it's just classic anyway. kevin though kevin hates <laughs>
2: hates the guys that like just squeeze everything out of like he wants the like super talented
0: okay you know, you want to know the truth of it? I'm looking for my stock ups and stock downs, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to just rip on one of these young guys like you guys like to. I'm going to choose yesterday. a guy who could take it, and I know Zach could take it. So he makes my stock down list, all right? So, That's nice
2: of you, actually. I, I appreciate it more now.
0: Poor Cam Davis. I'm going to have to write him an email here and just say, keep, your, just keep apologize. Your, chin, chin up, man. You got the wife, you got the puppy. You got the
1: wife and the puppy. Things are good man don't worry you're about sliding it. into his dm so my brother <laughs> here was ripping on you but it doesn't same. matter
0: what adam's saying all right you're, <laughs> your life's on track
2: okay let's move on oh, Let, let's
0: move on all right well yeah the holidays are coming up um, the
2: holiday season is upon us holiday it
0: is season. upon us thanksgiving next week so that's a week off for the tour i believe the PG Thanksgiving tour. in the
1: u.s yep
0: Ours, yeah. was <laughs> Ours was a month ago. Ours um, was a month ago. So, yeah, I mean, first off, we hope everyone is safe over the holidays and following protocols wherever you live. Um, Wash your
2: hands, wear a mask, all watch, that stuff. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah. A, it's a tough time for everyone. You know, as brothers, we won't all be able to get together this year like we, we like to try to around the holidays. Um, but, you know, there's still lots of different ways to connect and pass on love and kindness to each other and so let's all try to do that um so i guess let's have a little holiday round table here guys let's do it why don't you start us off adam
1: (laughs) okay so i yeah i mean let's we're in the holiday season let's have some holiday cheer i mean both i think thanksgiving but then like the real the christmas season is upon us so i was gonna throw a question out to you guys i mean i don't know how it is around the world or, or for different people but Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner for us has traditionally been very similar. It's kind of the turkey, all the fixings, that kind of thing. Am I, am I wrong here? Or am yeah, I, you're, yeah you're absolutely. Good? Okay, so my question to you is, what on that table is your favorite dish? And what, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, but what would a dish that you'd be fine to never see again? I mean, Craig, Kevin, you, Craig, you you go first, oh. Craig. Well, I feel like...
2: I should say mashed potatoes just because in our family, it's like what is a your running, favorite? It's a running joke that, like, I take all the mashed potatoes from the dish. But
1: yeah, if you're um, behind Craig on the table as the mashed potatoes is going around, you're not getting anything.
2: I think it happened like once that I finished the thing, and then no, ever right, you're since then, like
1: three big scoops in a <laughs> volcano.
2: It. I was a growing teenage boy. Um, <laughs> no, but man, I'm a sucker for those yams. Um, Maybe oh, it's yeah. because they sprinkle brown sugar and pecans oh, it on top of them. Yams. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'd say either the yams, or if I can go beyond just a single dish, I like that fork where you get a little bit of mashed potato, a little bit of stuffing, a little bit of <laughs> t- turkey with gravy on all of it. I love that
0: mixed together forkful there. Here, here. I'm gonna, am I'm gonna second
1: that. Wait, and- wait, wait, wait. What about one that you're, you you don't even touch on the table? Oh, yeah,
0: I, I uh, cranberry sauce. Who yeah, needs cranberry it? sauce. Agreed. Agreed. It's almost like we come from the same, <laughs> <laughs> from Wait, the same table.
1: It, okay, so I haven't touched cranberry sauce I think in my life. Or I might have like licked it once. I'm like, not for me. Doesn't, doesn't our sister make it?
2: No, Laura's Our sister's always choked because she's the only one that wants it. But then our mom always forgets to put it on the table. <laughs>
1: So, so it's like pull yeah. out the cranberry can from yeah yeah it's, it's
2: canned cranberry sauce. The joke, uh, the joke this year was that like oh if it was Kevin that wanted it, it'd probably be like a made from scratch cranberry <laughs> sauce
1: pureed and
2: it'd be well lo-
0: as a loyal listener to our podcast, Laura, I'd like to apologize for that <laughs> that, that you didn't get your cranberry sauce this year. I I, I should have texted mom and let her know. She should, <laughs> she should get it out there for you. All
1: right, Kev. What's your? All what's right, the best. So,
0: so what I wanted to know is what your guys' thoughts are about. Whoa, when... wait, wait, wait,
1: wait! You didn't say your favorite thing, and I haven't had a chance. No, to say I mine. said
0: I, I double, I doubled up on Craig's thing, and I said I was going to take the sauce too. <laughs> what? Well, well, what's your favorite? I, I'm a turkey. I'm a sucker for the turkey. I love the turkey, the the skin. White me nice crispy uh no dark meat i just whatever piece i can get some crispy skin with you know it doesn't really matter mm. if it's if it's breast or a uh, leg or whatever it is i just want some of that crispy skin
1: you just need that turkey skin okay, okay. well i my, this is a new one for me and i i i never thought i was going to get there but stuffing my wife now makes this incredible stuffing i didn't really i didn't really get stuffing and it's no slight <laughs> Are you saying that mom's stuffing (laughs) was? You hate (laughs) mom stuffing.
0: Unbelievable. But it's just like Another another loyal listener to the podcast, Mom, I'd just like to apologize (laughs) for this.
1: (laughs) This is a hard hitting segment for those two right now.
2: Yeah, this fluffy segment is really gone.
1: What so I mean kind of similar to Craig's. I love anything you can pour gravy on, but I mean stuffing has been my new favorite these past few years. So I I'm a stuffing guy. Okay, and what are you getting rid of? Yeah, what are you getting rid of? Uh, cranberry sauce, and I—I'm not a big yam guy. I don't. I'm not a sweet potato, oh, interesting. brown chick. That's not my favorite. I'll, I'll get a little scoop on there. But another one I'd like to throw out that not not typically at our our ones from our
0: childhood, but Brussels sprouts. I'm not really. Oh, I like. I, like, oh, man, I, like
1: Brussels I cook that sprouts. for my family. They're delicious.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on board. It yeah. has to be like it has to be cooked in butter,
0: but. Yeah, and some bacon makes it better. Yeah, but yeah, still, yeah, you're, yeah. you're just trying to hide the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> it's, really, it's not about the Brussels sprouts. The Brussels sprouts yeah, are a it's vessel. A vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my question to you guys was going to be, when is it too early to switch to the Christmas music? Well, and so then, I think it depends. I, you and know. then as, a, as a, a follow-up, when is it too early to start bringing out the decorations and decorating? Because I personally spent a good chunk of my weekend this weekend doing my christmas lights and i think a lot of people did and i think it's kind of perfect timing usually i'm too Mm -hmm. late i think this year you know i took advantage of a nice weekend here and i got them up and i'm feeling pretty good about it um but when when do you think is typically the right time to kind of shift gears into christmas
2: so i i think it depends a lot on where you are because here in canada i mean we're already we're already dark you know like if you're working you don't see you don't see the light in the morning you don't see it it's <laughs> dark yep. when you get home so yep. um we have our our remembrance day which i think in the states is veterans day on november yeah. 11th and i i think that has always been the convention that you don't you don't get too christmassy until after that i think it's similar to how in in the states you wait until after thanksgiving before you start to get the christmas right. music and the yeah. christmas decorations so um, now
0: the only thing i'd i'd mention is this year i think it might be a little different because you know let's let's face it 2020's kind of sucked in a lot of ways and i think (laughs) that people are looking for kind of any any bits of joy this year and i think if christmas if you're one of those people some people just love the christmas thing you know they just take they can't get enough of it and i think that if if you're one of those people and you want to bring out the decorations early this year i say you go for it (laughs) make yourself as happy as you can
2: yeah do what you gotta do
1: I mean, I got a couple of thoughts. So first off, I completely agree with the November 12th thing in Canada. I think that's, I think that's perfect. But where I live, if you're waiting till November 12th, you might be on an icy driveway all the way until April 15th. <laughs> I mean, like if you don't get them up, if you're hanging lights on your house or whatever it is, uh, you might not have an opportunity. So it's kind of like whenever the driveway is going to be clear, you take that opportunity to get on the ladder so you don't. Hurt yourself and put some lights up. Yeah. But uh, Christmas music. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my my wife is heavy into that. So that's all we listen to now. So, yeah. And how does it, the, how the big, does it make you feel? The problem with Christmas
2: music, <laughs> if you get into it this early, is that, like, you can't, only go, you can't go full Christmas music because you're going to be burnt out. Like, you need to, like, okay, y'all, like, let's, you know, say we're going to have a bunch of different you know whatever channels or or playlists that we listen to today uh maybe we like sprinkle in one that's a christmas music and then maybe you know first week of december we we get a couple there and then as it gets closer and closer just that ratio can grow
1: yeah i, I mean it's all i want for christmas is you uh, by different artists over and over and over, <laughs> and and over again like, on yeah read. i get it and then it's i think of lot. love action it's you and you and you and like yeah i get it it's it's a great song <laughs> All right, Craig,
0: you got any holiday questions for us?
2: Yeah, and if you guys... This one's not in, in our document here, but so if you, if you need a sec, we could take a sec. But I was going to say, what's your favorite? You can go Thanksgiving, you can go Christmas, but what's your favorite TV episode? TV Ooh. holiday
1: episode. I mean, right off... I, I, I guess I can go... There's two things that come to mind. I think the first one... Might be more Kevin's is Festivus for the rest of us, uh Seinfeld, um, but I mean, what comes to mind for me is uh friends, Brad Pitt, Thanksgiving. oh yeah um, I that's mean a that's classic. A, that's also that's a where cl- the yams get involved. Yeah. <laughs> the yams get involved. Uh, I think that's where the one where Joey eats the entire turkey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all these things are revealed about, uh or it's not the big reveal one, but it, uh, there's like the whole Rachel thing, the I hate Rachel fan club uh so pro- i mean yeah, friends thanksgivings were like uh a whole thing in their own uh so i'd have to say that yeah
0: um definitely festivus is top of mind <laughs> there, the, the yeah. airing the airing of grievances <laughs> <from> frank <Frankistanza laughs> yeah. is pretty classic um yeah I, i'm gonna have to go with that
2: I I was trying to think of a, an office because that's you know how he always got the background sitcom you're oh, yeah. playing through and I couldn't come up with a good holiday one though. So um,
0: so the, so the there's classy that... classy Christmas
1: <laughs> or that one's great where he only gets like the, the bass player <laughs> instead of the quartet. The yeah. other one where he gets the Ryan the iPod video. The whole... Yeah, so that is a good yeah. one.
2: That's the one yeah. with the teapot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 but no, the one that comes to mind is the Friends Thanksgiving uh, football one. Um, oh yeah, that's a classic. And just like the my my favorite part of that whole one was Joey and Chandler trying to trying to compete for the touch girl, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't even remember all the lines, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that one's so good.
2: Um, yeah just ripping well, ripping the shirt right off his back <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah so like like we said off the top we we hope that everybody enjoys this holiday season does get joy out of it um and definitely you know think about others pass on the love and the kindness any way you can despite kind of these unusual times and and uh enjoy the holiday safely more so um, than ever in uh 2020 pa- pass it forward pay it yeah. forward um so as we were mentioning upcoming tournaments, there's a there's a break for uh Thanksgiving in the PGA on the PGA. Um the European Tour has the Alfred Dunhill Championship uh November twenty-eighth to December first in South Africa. And then the PGA tour is back for the Mayakoba classic golf classic yep. December third to sixth. Um so yeah, that's kind of what we, we're looking forward to. Guys, do you have any content coming this week that you want to mention uh we'll we'll do something for that european
2: tour we'll do a a dfs betting video for that european tour event um the other one that's not mentioned here i mean there's a there's a few more european tour ones and they've changed up the whole race to dubai they're doing i I believe it's just a single tournament um that's going to be in december so that that'll be i think the ne- The only time we may see some of the biggest names uh, or some of the
1: bigger names uh, in golf uh, before we get into the new year? Uh, names like Patrick Reed, Colin Morikawa, uh, I want to say Fleetwood. So like, pretty, pretty big well, names. All the
2: Euros you'd expect, but then there's a few Americans that are going out there.
0: Yeah. Right on. All right, guys. Well, I think that pretty much covers us for this week. We'd like to thank you all for listening. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our content and our channel at on YouTube. Uh, these guys are, are gaining some momentum with these picks. I tell ya. you, gotta, you got to start following these picks. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, check out all our content at grandstandgolf.com, and we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care, everybody. See
2: you guys. See you next time, guys. Take care.